Warning, the podcast Under the Stairs is not safe for work. We'll feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners may find offensive. Brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. everyone and welcome to the podcast under the stairs this is episode 142 i'm your host duncan mcleish and welcome to the show episode 142 sees us kick off a brand new retrospective looking at the blind dead quadrology upon this episode part one of a two-part series we'll be looking at the first two installments within this franchise we will be looking at Tombs of the Blind Dead and Return of the Blind Dead. My guest that will be joining me on this journey is the fantastic Ricky Morgan. He will be coming up after the first break. But before we get to that, we always like to spend a bit of time going over some housekeeping, some updates. So ladies and gents, this is a three episode week. Three episodes of Podcast Under the Stairs. This episode dropping on Monday. On Thursday, you're going to get a brand new bonus episode. I'm going to review the new The Strangers movie, Prey of Night, the second instalment. Um, I saw that movie last week. Very much looking forward to covering it in a bonus, non-spoiler and spoiler review this week. And then swinging into Sunday, 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 we're going to be doing a little sexy Anthropopicus, a.k.a. The Beast. Uh, which is disc number 7 in our 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. Looking forward to that one. I've not seen that movie since I covered it with Andy Blockley on Doing the Nasty Podcast. Quite few nasty titles in this uh, in this Italian series, so I'm looking forward to recovering them all, seeing if uh, time has been kind or less kind uh, to, to the reviewing. But yeah, so that's coming up a week today. We will be dropping Baz V Horror. Oh, that's right. Baz V, the Masters of Horror, a.k.a. Baz V Clive Barker. It is the last Baz episode for a wee while. The Baz is going to enjoy some summer holiday time off from the show. Kicking it back, relaxing and chilling will be that Baz man. And I'll tell you right now, he is not leaving you with anything other than absolute sheer comedy gold with an episode that spans over four hours um, we'll be lucky if we can contain it within five at this rate. A ton of fun and uh, awesome movie reviews. So that'll be coming up a week on Monday. Right, uh, I just want to get this out of the way quickly because I can't wait to chat to Ricky. So I'm going to take my first break of the show. You are going to hear promos for shows that I love. When I come back, me and Ricky are going to be just chatting, shooting the shit for a couple of minutes before some movie reviews. All that and more coming right up right after this. Are you terrified by real life? Us too! You like horror movies? Us too! Then join Maddie and Andrew, your co-hosts for a new podcast that explores horror in real life and horror in the movies. And all with a fresh and fabulous gay perspective. We are a proud member of the Legion Podcast Network. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Facebook, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. We're Friday the 13th. 
and welcome back. So ladies and gents, this is it. This is episode 142, as you well know, and this is part one of a two-part series looking at the Blind Dead Quadrology. That's right, Quadrology. I thought it was a trilogy. I was wrong. Um, the, the internet has corrected me. Now this whole suggestion for doing this series came off the back of myself and my guest. Uh, having looked at a couple of kind of cheesy, awesome Italian zombie horror movies. And we posted them and people started getting all excited. And our good buddy Tim Walker said, you know what, this is great. I would love to hear you talk about the, the you know, the Blind Tomb series. Uh, uh, you know, and we were like, Blind Dead series? I could, you know, I was like, what, what, do you, what do you think? And Ricky was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, let's do it. A couple of months later, here we are. So, of course, I'm joined by the fantastic Ricky Morgan. How are you doing, sir? How's it going, man? This is great. Uh, Any time to come on this show is always going to be a blast for me. So, you're probably going, oh, no, not this guy again. But, hey, the fans <laughs> demand it. We're back. Yeah. <laughs> like, if anyone ever says that, I will I will banish them. Banish people them listening are probably, The ones listening are probably going, I didn't ask for that. I don't know. <laughs> who would ask for that? <laughs> no one's asking for that. Everyone wants... Ricky, the, the, the beauty of doing shows like this, specifically with the older stuff, um, is that there are plenty of shows out there that watch movies like this and talk about how bad everything is and focus on how bad mm -hmm. everything is without the, the, the understanding that these movies were never supposed to be cinematic masterpieces. They were supposed to entertain, enthrall, scare, you know, captivate. Um, yep. Above all else, entertain. And if you approach the movies like that, you will you will have a whale of a time. And if I know one podcaster out there that approaches pretty much every movie that way is, of course, yourself, sir. Yeah, you always approach them with that that kind of sense of wonder, joy, and glee. And that is why uh, you know I'm over the moon that you're you're back on to be doing these now. Before we kick into to more. Uh, specific detail about the movies and all the rest with the reviews. Uh, you're keeping yourself very busy at the moment. Very busy. Oh, yeah. You're always very busy, Ricky, and it, it puts it puts a lot of people at shame. But um, you've kind of returned back to the podcasting world with a splash, a very welcome splash. Um, but you've got loads of other things, and particularly one project you teased. Put a little yeah. tease um, <laughs> during the week of this recording. Um, I don't know how much detail you can give on it, sure. but you feel free to start plugging your wares at the start of this episode just now, just in case I forget to ask you at the end. What, what, what you got on the plate just now? What's spinning? On the plate, you're going all the way back to Hell Ming Power Hour, which is back in full swing, uh, having a blast with that. We are now a trio, and I'm really happy with that. I, I love Mark, uh, Mark Allison being in the mix with that. And we're having some fun. We just did the Conan movies recently. And uh, in another week or so, I believe we'll have uh, Army of Darkness out, you know, with the Ooh, news of Ash of Ash being retired permanently. Then the, the one movie we haven't covered is Army of Darkness. So we're going to we're going to tackle that one and, and uh, salute it. Uh, outside of that, you still got short bus cinema going on, folks. If you're not listening to that, I mean, basically, it, we're on the search for the holy grail of bad movies. And, you know, we make these uh, a lot of fun. It's me and, and my partner, Johnny Krug. Uh, you know, by the way, if you're not listening to Johnny Krug or Kruger Nation, that's coming on Legion pretty soon. You need to check that show out. I know it's a huge influence on 
on me and Danny putting Helming together, and I know that uh, that Duncan is a fan of that show as well. So yeah, here I am plugging fun. somebody else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like anyone that's a long term listener of podcasts under the stairs, you will hear Johnny Krug on here. He's oh, yeah. phenomenal, yeah. Uh, absolutely, absolutely phenomenal. He's like the, he is a proper rock star of horror podcasts, and I can't yep. wait for him to return on. The totally gym. agree. And also, I've got a new project which will uh, hit your ears and your eyes uh, <laughs> <laughs> in June. 1st of June is what I'm shooting for, and it's going to be called House of Wax. Now, that's not W-A-X. That's wax, like wacky with a with a hatchet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I sent a message out on uh, Instagram today, and the guy's like, man, that name is genius. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so good. It's so, so good. I wanted to nailed, say, yeah, I was. Uh, I come up with that when I was in the shower, you know, lathering up. <laughs> uh, that's washing for all you folks that are not familiar with the lathering up. <laughs> yeah, you need, you need Could, to. There's a lot, yeah, of, a lot of dirty minds in this clarify. podcast, so. <laughs> Dirty-minded people. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait so, yeah. for that one. That's like a, so. It's basically a video review project yeah it's which is kind of going awesome. to be a youtube channel and and it's going to be a video but there's also going to be a podcast that goes along with it and some of the jokes probably won't make any sense when you listen to the audio but you just have to check out the video part of it but uh i'm still looking at some of that and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work as far as an audio format but uh it's going to be a lot of fun i get to talk horror on my own show i get to be my own duncan mcleish i'm excited about that <laughs> so uh, you're, you're responsible for this by the way it's, it's, about, <laughs> it's about time too uh, i i think i think you we, we get glimpse when you do like uh, guest appearances or when you've covered like a horror movie on short bus we get those glimpses of <laughs> of your true love of the genre um, oh, yeah. And your opportunity to have your own platform to do it is is more than overdue, sir. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I do love these movies so much, and and just like you said a while ago, I mean, a lot of people can pick these movies apart, but but come on, I mean, you got to think of when these movies were made, what they were working with, and what they were created for. Yeah. Uh, now we're so we critique things so much versus you know what they were actually made for the way you saw a movie when you were 10 or 12 or 15 the way you were influenced back then is totally different from the way you watch a movie now and that's a big mistake you can't forget the impact these things had at the time and yeah. and i think that's where we kind of go wrong uh with that being said that's what these two movies really kind of fall into so we'll we'll battle that when we get to it <laughs> yeah oh yes we will but that's what you call a segue in the business ladies and gents which reminds me that's what we're going to do we have two the first two installments of the blind dead quadrology coming up here and we have tombs of the blind dead and return of the blind dead aka return of the evil dead uh, aka about another (laughs) 10 names apparently uh, because when i posted (laughs) it on facebook i think tim corrected me to say actually i know that is something completely different and i was like okay Until you're wrong. It's probably why I couldn't <laughs> find it. Like when you type in a movie in Facebook, I am watching it. Usually brings up at least a page. Probably why I couldn't find anything. I had the wrong name all along. Yeah. So we're going to be doing both of those movies on this episode. Then um, in a couple of weeks' time, we will be returning to close out uh, this this retrospective look with the final two movies. It's going to be really interesting because in this episode in particular, I had seen the first two Blind Dead movies a while ago. Um, the next episode, I, I'm sure I have seen part three. I'm sure I have, but yeah. if anything has proved recently, I 
assure myself quite a lot. I've seen movies that I haven't seen, so most recently people will know that I did A Blade in the Dark. Um, wholly convinced I'd seen that movie, and <laughs> turns out I'd seen Macabo instead, which was oh. uh, which was Bava's yeah. previous movie, uh, and had not seen A Blade in the Dark. I realised five minutes into the movie, I was like, this is a movie I've never seen before. Um, so that could very well happen. I've definitely not seen part four, because I did not know of its existence up until two months ago when we were talking about this. But these two, I was familiar with. So... With that in mind, we're going to take our very first break of this recording. We are going to chill out a little bit. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear the trailer for our first movie review. It's Tomb of the Blind Dead. Myself and Ricky Morgan coming right back to discuss that movie right after this. Bad movies. The world is full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. Hey everyone, this is Johnny Krug from Kruger Nation. And this is Rick Morgan from the Helming Power Hour. And we have decided to team up and take you where no one has gone before. We're on a quest to find the world's worst movie, and we're doing it on the bus. Driving through cult classics in every genre to find the holy grail of bad movies. So if you're looking for something different and more fun than you can stand, then climb on in. Short Bus Cinema is a proud member of Legion Podcasts. That's right, yo. Short Bus Cinema. We'd love to watch the movies you hate. Blind terror strikes fear into the hearts of innocent people. The morgue receives the victims of the blind dead. There's no escape from the blind dead. They are the Templars, devil worshippers, a death cult that has risen from their thousand-year-old tombs to begin a horrible reign of terror. Please, wait! Pop, look over there! beautiful young girl is trapped by the evil forces. No one is safe from their curse. They're coming! sound in the ancient cemetery brings the evil creatures from their tombs. (sighs) 
murderers perform their sadistic rites. A virgin is sacrificed in a blood ritual. A fiery death for those who can't escape the blind death. Coming soon from your cemetery. And welcome back. So you've just had the trailer for our first movie review. This is Tombs of the Blind Dead from 1972. Directed by, yes, a foreign name. Yay. <laughs> uh, Armando <laughs> Di Asorio. I think that's how you pronounce that. Yeah. Sounds all right. <laughs> um, the movie stars Lone Fleming, Cesar Burner, uh, Maria Elna Arpon, Jose Thelman, uh, Rufino Inglis, oh, this is bad, <laughs> Veronica Lamera, Simone, someday, yeah, more names, let's skip that. Uh, so bad, why can't we just have Joe Smith in every movie? Well, come on, come on, man, Caesar Burner, how cool of a name is that? Yo, I'm I'm Caesar Burner! <laughs> does sound like a Bond villain though you know what I mean right. like, like it could be the new Bond movie uh, right the synopsis for this one holy shit this is a well let's pick a can we like all of them are massive right <clears throat> here we go let's try this uh, no that's trivia that's why <laughs> can you believe I hit the trivia button Jesus Christ uh, amateur hour. right here we go this one's written by a guy called Jeremy Lunt it says in the 13th century there existed a legion of evil knights known as the Templars, who quested for eternal life by drinking human blood and committing sacrifices. Executed for their unholy deeds, the Templars' bodies were left out for the crows to peck out their eyes. Now, in modern-day Portugal, a group of people stumble upon the Templars' abandoned monastery, reviving their rotting corpses to terrorise the land. That is a good synopsis. I like that better than some of the ones I've read recently which passed no resemblance to the movie at all um, that one kind of succinctly I think our job's here is done what grade do you give it now? <laughs> yeah it's, it's pretty much spot on um, yeah straight to the point um, so yeah I had I had seen this movie many years ago I think I, I'm I think I've only ever seen this movie once or twice at, the, at maximum before sitting down to watch again and I remember from previous viewings really liking the concept but not really liking the execution of the movie I remember it being yeah. a lot more boring than it actually was on this watch watch it this right. time around a lot of the what I perceived as dead air previously is actually really atmospheric and I think Absolutely. it adds to the chops of the movie and I, I clearly wasn't in a position in my younger self to appreciate a bit more of the, the atmospheric tones of the movie. But coming back to watch it, I mean, how can how can you not be like excited watching firstly a zombie movie which is like of like of an older age. Yep. You know what I mean? For a start, this one is definitely this one predates a lot of the, the heavier hitters in the genre. Um which I think some of the heavier hitters in the genre steal from. <laughs> um sure. But at the same time, I think feel kind of 
it's a wholly original movie. I love the concept of tagging it to. It's not just like hell is overcome with spirits and bodies, and thus the dead will rise. This is like we're still in the kind of you have been cursed and the dead will walk sort of thing. Um, But the kind of tagging it to something wholly European as well is kind of cool. The kind of myth of the Templar Knights, which is something I have studied hugely in my youth. I was a I was a Templar Knight geek. Uh, when I was about 12, 13 years old, mostly because um, one of the perceptories, so one of the Templar kind of stopping points during the Crusades, uh, is about a 15 minute drive from my house um, uh-huh. in a place called Torficken, um, which is regularly mispronounced by people from other countries as Torfucken. Um, you need, you need this sounds like a term. game show. <laughs> 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 Japanese game show, um, so yeah, uh, so yeah, so I, I got kind of into the whole Templar night thing when I was younger, and it's a fascinating story, you know, good, bad, whatever. Ultimately, the 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 Pope of the time decided that they were getting a bit too strong, a bit too powerful, and um, had been rumored to link to um, what they perceived at the time as satanic rites. And uh, as a result, there was a excommunication order and uh, execution order passed allegedly on Friday the thirteenth. I, I believe that when I actually read some historical fact, the the, the hypothesise that's why Friday the thirteenth is considered an unlucky day is because the order for for execution of of all these knights was done on Friday the thirteenth. And history looks fondly and. Um, and cynically on their legacy. In the case of this filmmaker, he's going down the cynical road that the Templars were indeed doing a lot of gnarly shit involving young yeah, virgins. Pretty uh, much. And uh, the most convoluted blood extraction, extenuation sort of method ever. So the, yeah. the, movie st- the movie starts with these Templar knights bringing in a peasant woman who they strap to, like, a, a, on its side cross. Um, and then two knights of the temple go up either side like jousting and swiping their sword quite a distance away from the woman by the way uh, which is inflicting bodily pain which then all the knights come over and then drink off her blood like vampires yeah Um, that's the weird thing about it is is you know you've got crosses everywhere you know so you're thinking okay but then (laughs) they start you know they crucify the girl then they start cutting her up and drinking the blood and you're like okay i'm already uh, i don't know what's going on here okay (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea where this movie is going and we're three minutes into it um but one thing one one thing i wanted to say before we go any further because you just went through this incredible piece here where you talk about where you live Mm -hmm. and 15 miles from your house or kilometers whatever y'all use (laughs) 17 klondike bars from here Uh, (laughs) two parsecs you've got you've got all this historical stuff you know what's 15 miles from me what the 1982 banjo a world banjo player who used to be on (laughs) hee-haw that's that's the difference in our culture buddy yeah yeah i'm just a little jealous just just all over the road. Um, doesn't play banjo though. Doesn't play banjo, so you might be winning there. Uh, but yeah, so like we have this. This movie has an interesting curse and has an interesting thing in that I feel like the guy 
was sitting writing the script for this one and started writing a combination of a vampire yeah. Yeah. A fiction and zombie fiction because the the kind of central conceit of this movie is that the curse only resurrects the 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 knights uh, who are thirsty yeah. for blood, not for brains, and it only happens at night. And I'm like, that's a yeah. vampire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it's a zombie mummy vampire movie. Yes, a <laughs> zombie movie is what this is. Uh, and so, yeah, so the, our, our knights are dragged, very much like it said here in the synopsis, our knights are dragged out by the people, um, and they are they are essentially sacrificed, burned, killed. Um, and the crows pick out their eyes, thus blind dead. <laughs> There you yeah. go. So that's, that's why that's, they're yes. That's why they're, you know, the killing was fine. The taking of their eyes, no, that's one step too far. But they're cursed, obviously. They, they you know, they, they put this curse and they're going to return. And then we jump from that into the movie, which is, for all intents and purposes, a very straightforward premise. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, people on holiday or vacation, if you're American. Um, they're on holiday, they're having a bit of sun, sea and sand um, and the one girl in particular who's a bit forlorn a bit unhappy, one of the troop uh, they're on the train heading between two places uh, and an area that the train driver does not like to stop because he is aware of rumours and myths that surround the area, the unholy area kind of love that Uh, and she decides that she's she's going to jump off this train basically fuck off into the ruins and the guy's like that the train's travelling at two miles an hour as well this is the slowest train in the history of man if there's a curse you're not out running it she, she just totally pulls a Pee Wee Herman here and just jumps off <laughs> right in the middle of it going down the road and I love this train conductor man because he's just like I ain't stopping for shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you like, said he's only doing about two miles an hour it's like okay I guess you're going to make a deadline yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and this guy could literally jump off this train run and get the woman the train could keep going grab her they could both go back at a brisk walking pace and rejoin the group on the train and no one would be late be no delays to the service uh, the <laughs> slowest train I've ever seen um, yep. so, so yeah so she disappears off, our friends are obviously concerned but not concerned enough that they would jump off the train and go after her um, should, we, should we talk about why she wants to jump off the train? Yes, tell, 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 tell our listeners Ricky the extremely well thought out well placed and well written <laughs> reason for why this, this lady has disembarked a moving vehicle and this this may be groundbreaking for the time I don't know, but uh, this movie is very. It, this is like a combination of a horror, a hammer type film meets yes. the European stuff that we love so much. So almost the Italian films, it's it's like a big mix of that. But they throw in the middle of all this, these girls. I guess you have to have them because it makes out the story later on. Uh, apparently, they had a thing together back in school. So we may have our first. I don't know set of lesbians in a horror flick but they're kind of fighting over a dude it's like okay yeah. <laughs> this isn't making any sense but sure okay yep and and and, and, and france this movie would have batted zero eyelids ricky in spain right. i get the feeling especially franco spain or kind of post franco <laughs> yes. uh, i imagine this would have raised an eyebrow or two and i love the fact that it's a spanish film but the girls are named betty and virginia <laughs> <laughs> Classic, yeah. solid, salt of the earth, 
Spanish names, Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, so she she disappears off in a in a kind of sulking mood to go camping in these ruins, <laughs> as you do. Um, <laughs> like clearly spooky ruins. She's like, ah, this is the place I'm going to camp. Not that that nice serene open yeah. field that looks safe. Don't walk back three miles from the, the, the train station you just left from. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to that castle over there where there's nothing going on. <laughs> so she, she does a bit of trekking around these ruins and she goes for a lot of sleep. And uh, what she doesn't understand is when she goes to sleep, uh, a lot of dry a, a lot of dry ice will be employed, uh, a, smoke, <laughs> a smoke machine, and um, some very gnarly... I love the the... Uh, the look of the zombies in this movie in particular yes. there 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 is a very unique feeling I don't think they're I don't think they are the forerunners of this particular look of zombie but I think they put enough of a spin on it specifically with the fact that they don't have eyes in a way that I love now what I also love is it resurrects their horses as well yeah absolutely so so you've got to assume that the horses were I don't know also pinned to crosses and had their eyes plucked by no one is safe <laughs> even the horses Satan worshippers um, so the horses whatever, almost kill them so we gotta we gotta kill them too yes yeah what, whatever they go on their horses though and start riding it's like the six million dollar man running yeah yeah it's like slow-mo and we're laughing and we're laughing about it but I'm telling you it's shot so well. It it's works. It's fucking beautiful. It's so, so beautiful. And this is the bits that I couldn't grasp the first time I watched the movie. I just felt it was a stylistic choice that was cool yeah. the first time I saw it, but didn't work. Like, on subsequent yep. viewings, well, subsequent viewing within the movie, to the point that I was like, that ah, this is just laziness, that you're just using this technique all the time, and I don't get it. You're slowing the movie down for whatever reason. The scenes of her walking away from the train, walking through the ruins, and then the resurrection of the blind dead to the point that they start kind of chasing her down are so wonderfully shot, so beautifully choreographed. The score is is amazing. Yeah. Um, Man, sound and, design on this, oh, on this movie is incredible. It's just, it works perfectly. It's this very hyper-stylized visual but predating like the a lot of the, the the stuff that we would associate specifically from the Italian cinema in this genre, it predates a lot of the use of this. Um, it predates a lot of its use in America as well, and and, yep. and the UK for extend it further. It, it is very groundbreaking, and yep. it's so well done that I was just watching it being mesmerised by the the kind of horrific beauty on screen this amazing juxtaposition of amazing atmosphere and tone um, against the kind of surreal horror of this this girl being trapped isolated in a yeah. place that she doesn't know with no hope she thinks she can get away and they they have a different idea Ricky <laughs> <It's different. laughs> no. and one thing I don't know if you picked up on this either but you know, the fact of them coming back alive, which is a long, drawn-out kind of resurrection kind of thing, which is fine. It, it yep. still works. It shouldn't work, but it works. But not not is it because 
there's a new soul that's in the chapel or whatever that brings the dead alive or it's a certain night on a certain day that they're coming back. The reason they come back because she's in her sleeping bag and she starts playing some horrible jazz on that little radio. <laughs> as soon as she starts playing that music, that's when the crypts start opening up. It's like, oh, they hate jazz. Yeah, no, like that. <laughs> there is no need for syncopated time signatures and offbeat scat singing. We must kill this woman. We, we are the, t- the tombs of the blind dead, which means that our other senses have been amplified, and that means our hearing is <laughs> overly sensitive to the, the rhythmic sways of perfect. jazz. It's perfect. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I don't know that's You're not taking our hearing away from us. <laughs> <laughs> so they, 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 they obviously kill this young lady, uh, and then the following day our friends are like you know what's really interesting our friend never came back you know that friend that we kind of just like gave up on three minutes after she, after she walked off the train we should um, we should go back out to where she was and so they go back out there and um, they're, they're taking a look around and then the police arrive some of the dialogue in this movie I did not have the opportunity, unfortunately, this time around to get the the original Spanish language one with the yep. subtitles. I watched the dub version. The dub version, the dubbing is really bad. Um, yep. And the dialogue in the dubbing is fucking horrendous. <laughs> um, yeah. But in a way that I, I, I did laugh out loud several times like to the point where I was like this dialogue is awful uh, so yeah so the, the police come out and speak to her and they're like ah you must be so and so and so and so and they're like yeah yeah that's us but how did you know and they're like yeah yeah we may be small police from a small area but we know things about people and you must be uh, you must but when they're describing them you must be so and so and so and so who left their hotel at half past two today <laughs> and I'm like yeah. that's really specific like, this yeah, must be like a really said, small town. Man, <laughs> if, if, I had a, if I had a crime going on, I want these people on my case. <laughs> yeah, this is like the two best cops ever. Like, like, like these are like the two, the two paros. Like, like literally, like sit there, uh, like they know everything. And like, your friend has actually died. We're very sorry to tell you this. Uh, we'll go and see the body. Um, on our way to the to go and see the body off screen, we will tell you about how creepy this mortician is. Um, there's a guy who's clearly spent far too much time around dead bodies and not enough time around living people. Uh, oh man, that so guy's the best. He's when they say, fucking amazing. Show him the body and he just grins at him. Yeah, it's like, he like shows him the wrong body as shows well. Shows him the wrong one. Yeah, you've just got to think he was just doing that anyway just for shits yeah. and giggles. He's like, if you, if, you, if, you, if, you thought, if you thought today was going to be traumatic, you thought nothing. <laughs> To this point, wait to see this. Ah, look at this old woman. So yeah, so they show up the the creepy mortician guy who likes talking to frogs, uh, and I'm going to say fiddling with dead bodies. There's no real evidence of that. He just looks like he's having too much fun. Yeah, so, yeah. He's seen that. He takes his work home. Looks like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh my god. Uh, so yeah, he's um, <laughs> it's so good. Uh, so he, he shows them the wrong body, and they're like, oh. So then they show him the right body, finally. And they're a bit confused by the wounds, which don't make sense at all. She's been bit all over. Yeah, they're like, yeah, maybe it's an animal that's done this. Really? An animal that just bites, but doesn't remove the flesh? 
Right. Interesting concept, <laughs> Mr. Police Officer. You seemed a lot smarter when you were telling me what time I left the hotel earlier. Not so much now. Um, so they don't believe the the, the, the kind of open and shut case that the police are putting forward of, yeah, she wandered out there, she went for a sleep, she went obviously, walked out in the middle of the, the fields and all the rest, and as a result became fodder for an animal. They think there's something else going on. Uh, and our creepy mortician guy is just always at the mortuary. Apparently he doesn't have a home to go to. Maybe he just lives there. Maybe that explains why he's a wee bit crazy. He's <laughs> kind of working away at night talking to his frogs and the reanimated body of this, you know, this girl comes back. Once again, is she a zombie or is she a vampire? Because right. she rises like what you would say would be almost the, the way she comes out of that bed is not like a zombie at all. She rises like a kind of Nosferatu vampire, uh, stalks across, right. and then bites him in the neck. And yeah. I'm like, okay, right, so maybe once again we're... But what, I don't dislike this because it's their movie and they can set up any... A lot of the hard yep. and fast rules of what we class as being like a zombie lore come a lot later than this. You know, it's still kind of fair game at this point even though you know white zombie and things like that I'd already played by this point in the Northern Dead um, we can still start mixing things up plus you know it's their interpretation of what they want to do um, well and they even confuse it even more they almost dressed her up in kind of a mummy kind of wrap and then she's got a huge scar across her head like she's Frankenstein, Frankenstein. Just like, yeah they're just yeah. doing everything they're like yeah. well, we just need some fuzzy some fuzzy pointed feet and we'd have some werewolf stuff we got it all covered right here <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she lives in a black lagoon, Ricky. She lives in the black lagoon. Um, so, so yeah, so um, yeah, yeah, our characters decide for some interesting reason uh, that they are going to go to. One of our characters here has already acknowledged that as a living, to make ends meet, he makes mannequins. Which, yeah. when when it's thrown away earlier on in the movie as a line, I'm. Uh, you know, my point there like that we better get a bitchin mannequin shot later on in this movie which this movie Julie does um, yep. when our kind of mummy vampire, zombie Frankenstein werewolf <laughs> from the Black Lagoon <laughs> woman uh, starts walking, starts stalking the other woman in a room which is full of mannequins with Mario Bava lighting Absolutely, that's what I was thinking, such, same thing. Such a fucking beautiful shot. I mean, this yep. is, like, shades away from being blood and black lace in terms of how they, they shoot it, how it's set up, the idea of mm -hmm. the mannequins. It's, it's the fucking wonderful shot. In fact, might be my favourite shot of the yep. movie is the, the stalk along this one. Um, she walks like a zombie, though, so it's very slow and methodical. Uh, and our character makes a couple of mistakes here. One of them is running away really quickly and then sitting down and taking the time to phone. Now, this is not like modern-day phones where you can touch it. This is one of the old days where you had to turn the wheel and then turn the wheel and then turn the wheel for every number. And she's, like, doing this and looking around and we can see the woman walking towards us. She's like, fucking still turning this wheel. And I'm like, that. now is not the time to do this. Later is the time to do this. You are clearly faster than her. Run! Um, she does not listen to the sage-wise words of Duncan McLeish, though, Ricky. She yeah. is moving very, very slow. And we get this kind of protracted scene where basically she ends up burning um, 
this creature. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. She like accidentally it. knocks knocks something over and it catches one of the the mannequins on fire. I guess is maybe wax. I guess and then yeah. And this scene, the burning, yeah, is a really good effect. So it's two effects really. So there's one where yeah. they superimpose fire over her. So like, or, or as I yeah. like to call it, early CGI. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which really, really works, but they offset that by showing a pair of, I, I'm going to say it's like fake feet, obviously, uh, a pair yeah. of fake feet being burned. And then they switch between the two views, so you, the close-up you're getting is of something burning with the outer shot. I think as a technique, it's not like you can see, I can tell you how it's done. Yeah. But I think for the time, this yeah, would have been mind-blowing. Yep. You know, yeah, this, I, it looks... It still holds up to me, and, and like I said, we know how they did it now because yeah. we can see, you know, kind of the format, and the template of what they used. Yeah. But it, it doesn't look so bad that you go, "Wow, that really looks crappy." I mean, you kind of go, "Wow," you know, for for that kind of effect, that looks pretty good. Yeah, I think it's I think it's done really well. I think once again, this entire sequence is shot almost with an like an auteur's eye, um, and right. I'm, I'm just now while we're chatting, I know. Um, I know he did quite a few movies after, but I'm not sure. Also, he did. He also, he had been doing a couple of. He'd done Fangs of the Living Dead uh, yeah. three years before this, and it looks like he had a fairly successful run at doing some uh, some horror movies after. So he clearly, he, he clearly, as a fan of the genre, he's clearly seen. Like, everyone at this time that was making horror movies was a fan of Hammer Horror. You had to be. Yeah. Because um, right. Hammer was the dominant force in um, horror cinema across the globe at this point. Hammer yep. ruled the waves because uh, the Universal had ramped it back. We're still in that awkward period in America where B movie sci fi had kind of become the, the thing. We were doing yeah. more the race to the stars as opposed to the race to the monster's crib. Um, and Italy was kind of doing these kind of psychosexual crime things and all the rest. And Bava was really trying to push them the way of horror and Argento's only really been out for two years at this point when this movie drops mm -hmm. so um, this is Spain trying to make their stamp on it and what a fucking stamp they do uh, Spanish yeah. cinema in particular horror Spanish cinema in this time period is really interesting because every single version of what they do is not like an attack like when Italy right. does a zombie movie it's a American zombie movie but done by an Italian with other crazy shit done in the, the beauty of the Spanish cinema uh, was that they took other stories but just melded loads of ideas and tried to make it their own um, right and th this pieces. is a great hello yeah, pieces, yeah well, can't wait to talk about the next movie uh, forgot about that I forgot about a certain character actor who appears in both of those movies hello um, hello Hello. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, the movie continues along with the, the similar beats that you would expect. Our couple are no longer of the belief that this is this is what has went down. They want to retrace the steps of their friend, uh, which ultimately leads them back out to the monastery and ultimately leads them to the same setup. Uh, you go out there. Mind this is jazz this time. That's the jazz, but they but they've got Pedro, so Yeah, I just oh yeah, Pedro must have annoyed them. Uh, so so the 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 knights rise up again um and begin their, their assault on them. And we're kind of racing towards the end of the movie here at this point. 
Yep. So um, once again, the, the the shots here I think are amazing. Um, but like I think they reused some of the shots of the nights, but I think it's still the atmosphere specifically in the monastery, the way it's set up. They use a slow mo, the the kind of dried ice, the the score, the soundtrack, the sound design. It's it's all working in full cylinders here to create really cool atmosphere. Um, we are going to lose certain characters. That's inevitable. Um, anything about these scenes that kind of sticks out to you as in terms because it is following a very formulaic horror way of telling a story you know what I mean like they're ultimately going to go back out and come face to face with the thing that took their friend I I think that here you kind of get a different kind (laughs) of jab at you because everything so far has been very little graphic gore whatsoever but you get the shot where Pedro gets attacked and it's it's you got some actual gore going on right here that that uh, was really kind of unexpected. Um, I just uh, I think the way this is put together, this movie. Let's just I know we're skipping to the end here, but this movie <laughs> should fail. This movie should fail. Yep. But it doesn't. It's got it's got a it's got a formula for everything that should make you go no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but the, but the way that it's put together, the way the sound design works, the way these things look. You know, these things, like you said, visually, they don't look like anything else you've ever seen. Yeah. Or if you have seen it, it's somebody that's ripped these movies off. So it's got a lot going for it. I think it's just those movies that are kind of overlooked. They've got a they've got a unique charm to them, this one in particular. And I just think it's put together amazingly well for what little content there really is in it. Yeah. Um, I think well, I think the the runtime's about an hour and forty. I think for this movie, yeah, which is slightly long for if you think of the Hammer movies of the of the time. Your Hammer movies were an hour and twenty, hour and thirty generally, um, yeah. and done. You know, out of there, like very quick ending, very quick credits. See you later. Um, generally, because we're played as double features as well, so you want too much going on if you were going to be sitting down watching two features back to back. Um, this movie is a bit slower in pace. It has a lot more atmosphere built into it, which, yep. like you say, in a lot of respects for the formula of the movie, which is a very well-trodden formula of the movie, um, it shouldn't work as well as it does. Um, right. Which kind of leads us to the, the the end. Ultimately, has our 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 heroes, quote unquote. Um, that's another thing about this movie is no one's really there's is no real standout hero. We don't spend so much time with our our kind of our couple that are trying to un, unravel the mystery to make them heroes. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's right. a weird experience, yet you kind of root for them. And um, they start running away from the monastery, back the same road that the girl had walked down. It just so happens this train must just be constantly running, <laughs> like at all times of the day, because this is like daybreak now, you know, like the, the sun is slowly starting to come up. And it's the same two that are driving through here. And, you know, we can see, like, it's like a scene from Indiana Jones where he's running down from the, from, from the, 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 the kind of, the Amazon people, you know, start the plane! Right. Like, start the plane! <laughs> and this time he's like that, speed up the train! Like this, like, running down this hill. And, um, the, like, the, the, the old guy's still like, no, I'm not stopping. The young dude's like, come on, let's stop. So they stop, and then the old guy's like that. Well, like, she's crawling barely alive on the ground and they've stopped the train and the old guy's like well we're stopping but I'm not going out there 
like, she's like <laughs> yeah. ten steps away. So the young guy goes out, grabs her, starts pulling her uh, towards the train. And meanwhile, over the distance, the, yonder horizon, uh, the, the 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 blind dead come over, uh, and this old guy's like, "See, I fucking told you, I, t- I told you this is what <laughs> would happen." That's right, you don't stop the train. You don't stop the two mile an hour train. You can't do it. Um, and, you know, we, we, we inevitably build up to, I think, which is quite a kind of cool scene here, in that you expect our hero to survive. You always expect the hero to survive and get away, but that's not kind of really what happens here at all. Um, she does, but in a, a different sort of way. The blind dead rattle down and... Um, they take care of business uh, yep. by eating the two drivers. Uh, once again, <laughs> should I listen to the old guy? Yep. Uh, he knew what he was on about. And uh, But the train starts heading off um, and then we switch to the, 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 that morning. The train pulls into the station. The train is moving that slow that the conductor can just switch it off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> standing at the side of it. Uh, just like switches the switch. And she's hidden behind the coal. Um, she comes out, and they're like, "Oh, what, you know, what happened to you?" And she's like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh like she's all traumatized and shit." Um, and then people are just like, "There's no train driver there, right? No one's asking where the train driver is." And then everyone just starts going up to get into the train, as you do. Um, yeah, let's go, let's go. And I love how like this is the weirdest way I've ever seen people enter a train. Uh, and that generally, if you're at the front, you open the door and go in. But no, everyone ascends onto the platform of the train first before he opens the door. Uh, right. And then you hear them scream. And then you see her scream. And right. the insinuation is that inside the train car might be the the blind dead. Or they've killed everyone in the train car. I'm not entirely right. sure. Because um, yeah. it could be either way. Because the it looks like the curtains are closed. So it looks like the blind dead could be in there. Uh Taking a lift on the slowest train ever, um, or uh, it could be that they've you know they've massacred everyone and went back to their their hideout, which means that we now have a train car full of potential zombie, mummy, vampire, Frankenstein, Wolfman from the Black Lagoon bodies. Well, who knows? Maybe the whole maybe the whole goal of these guys in the first place was just to get the slow moving train. I mean, they were slow moving, moving, walking things, riding slow motion horses. Maybe the train was just the next step up. <laughs> well, I think, I think in a lot of respects, this is where the myth of lazy Spaniards and lazy Mexicans comes from. Slow oh, moving God. trains. I think it is. I think this is where the stereotype comes in from. I really, really do. Like there's a horrible stereotype in the UK, like terrible, uh, I believe it permeates its way across America as well. Uh, that you know, because in their countries they they appreciate the the correct way of working. By the way, which is start your work early, have some, have a nice lunch, have a sleep, and then have a productive afternoon. They've got it right. We've got it wrong, ladies and gents. Trust mm-hmm. me. Nothing worse than carbon up at lunchtime and having to sit through four hours of a shift uh, to finish <laughs> off your day. They've got it right. Um, but this, like, it, it just, it, it's a weird choice that this train would run so slow. I don't understand yeah. it. Um, and But it works. It works in terms of the context of the movie. Um, and you I notice see, that the, you notice the very beginning of the movie opens with the same shot that it ends with, too, with the girl screaming, and then you see the, the hand come up. 
So, oh, yes. you know, so they're trying to tie that in of, uh, you know, it, it, it's maybe it's maybe that train does just keep going in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> it just never stops. Continues on and on. Um, I, I had an absolute blast with this movie. Like I say, I yep. I always had it in the back of my head that I enjoyed the second movie more than the first movie. Um, we're obviously going to go on and talk about the second movie. I'm not putting my cards down as to whether or not that has changed. What I will say yep. is that upon this viewing of Tombs of the Blind Dead, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the atmosphere, which I clearly didn't appreciate when I was younger, worked a million times better in this movie. Um, I think, like you say, Ricky, there's so much about this movie that really on face value shouldn't work um, or shouldn't age well either. Like The pacing in this movie shouldn't age well. Uh, It should, if anything, slow it down to a point where I'm like, it just needs to get going. Um, and I don't feel that way. I think it's shot fucking beautifully. I love their twist on the genre. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think their, their mythology is actually surprisingly well thought out considering how little thought goes into quite a lot of the zombie genre mythology. Um, they actually at least pick something from history and a sign, a, a kind of loose, curse-like hook to. And I think that works really, really, really well. I think it's scored beautiful. I agree with you. The sim design is amazing. I think the cinematography in parts is is exquisite. Um, yeah, I, I think out with the acting, which is not great, but it's probably on par with a lot of genre cinema of the time. Um, and the, the the horrible dubbing. Don't watch the dubbed version of this. If you can get your hands on the Spanish language, English subtitled version, do that. Although I can't guarantee the subtitles read any better than the dubbing. But some of the dialogue was horrendous. Um, I had an absolute blast with this movie. What about yourself? What are the closing thoughts on Tombs of the Blind Dead? Yeah, I kind of had the same experience. To me, it's it's it, I, I appreciate it more in the later days here than I did in the early days. I saw it back probably when I was a teenager. But there was something about the movie. It it, it I guess just the imagery and the even though it was slow mo and we'll think of it this way: this guy took. In some cases, just a dummy skeleton strapped it onto a horse and had it go grow across a field, and they film it in slow motion, and it looks incredible. We do that in Army of Darkness, and it's hysterical. You know, so many, you know, he took something that shouldn't work and makes it really work well, and and that's this whole movie. There's no reason for this movie to turn out as good as it did. Yeah. Um, these are oh, this movie. I haven't got to the second one yet, but. Great movie. Those days when you're just kind of under the weather and you're stuck at home, this is a perfect movie to throw in and just soak it in. Uh, it's all about the atmosphere. And so much of that, just like you talked about, the sound design really pulls you into that. It, it, they executed something that shouldn't be execute, executable. How's mm-hmm. that for a word? <laughs> <laughs> Spot on. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's shot well. You get like you said some some Baba Baba kind of shots in here. It's just a mishmash of everything that we love that was up to this point. The hammer feel of it, you know. Then you get the the Italian feel as well. I love this movie. Yeah, I do. I, I was thoroughly surprised. I genuinely thought it was going to be one of these ones where we we're going to be starting off with a dim note from me. Um, but no, no, I, I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. Um, yep. Using the old Netflix grading, Ricky, uh, one hated it, two didn't like it, three liked it, four really liked it, and five loved it. 
Um, what are you going to come in with Tombs of the Blind Dead? Let's let's do four. I would say I love it because I, I anytime I see imagery of these characters, I just go, oh man, that's so cool. Um, but as far as the movie itself, I'm going to say four. I, I just I really like it. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. I think had you asked me of my memories of this, what I would have scored, I probably would have said um, somewhere between a 2.5 and a 3. Um, yeah. But this time around, it's definitely solid four. Uh, I think it's it's a really like I. I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to sit down and go back through this one because it's a series which has, for the most part, not been like on my radar to revisit, mostly because right. I had very strong memories of just being kind of non-plus with the, the first entry in it. And if you're going to kick off a franchise, you want to kick off a franchise strong. Um, yep. So yeah, it's a four from me as well. That's our first one, Dim which means we get to swing into that second movie, Return of the Blind Dead, and its other various incarnate names. Uh, we're going to look at that one, but we have to take a break first, which means you're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're also going to hear the trailer for that movie. When I return, I'll be with Ricky, and we'll be discussing that movie right after this. My life fades, the vision dims, all that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, wasted land, but most of all, I remember the podcasts, the man we called Witch. To understand who he was, you have to go back to another time. A time when the doomsday clock ticked ever closer to Armageddon. You can still find The Witch vs. The Doomsday Clock podcast by searching for WYCH on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and on your Android device. Memories may decline, but movies live forever. once again treks its legendary course, making your flesh creep with pleasure. Night, when the unliving rise again from their graves, you will tremble with the return of the evil dead. Their hell-born revenge, for which there is no assurance of protection, nor will you escape the fear the anxiety which the return of the evil dead provokes. A new high in excitement. Help me! The return of the evil dead. Return of the Evil Dead with Tony Kendall and Fernando Sancho. The terrifying thriller of the year. 
Do not attend this film alone. We suggest you bring at least one large partner to hold you tightly. The lifeless horsemen will make this theater into a living horror. The return of the evil dead. The return of the evil dead. You sure you're in fit condition? And don't scream. And welcome back. So you just heard the trailer for the second and final movie review of episode 142. This is the second movie in the Blind Dead quadrology. This one is Return of the Evil Dead, a.k.a. Return of the Blind Dead, a.k.a. Attack of the Blind Dead, um, a.k.a. El Attack de los Muertos Sin Ojos. Yeah. That's the one I watched. That's, there <laughs> you go, yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so this is the, the, the second one. This came out a year later, so obviously the first one did pretty well that they were like, yeah, let's get another one of these out. Um, and it was this time fully written by Armando Osorio. Uh, he also directed it again, returning to the directing chair. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. And the movie stars Tony Kendall, uh, Fernando Sancho, Esperanza Roy, Frank Brana, Jose Canalja, or Canalha, because G or H, uh, Loretta Tovar, um, Ramon Lillo, Lone Fleming, uh, they love the name Lone, don't they? Uh, Lone <laughs> Fleming. Uh, I was going to say, well, a couple of these names are familiar if you are a lover of Spanish genre and just genre cinema in general, specifically, specifically from this time period. Um, synopsis for this one, and I'll click the right button this time. They love a weighty synopsis here. Once again, by Jeremy Lunt. This guy's where it's at. Um, 500 years after they were blinded and execu- uh, executed for committing human sacrifices, a band of Templar knights returned from the grave to terrorise a rural Portuguese village during its centennial celebrations. Being blind, the Templars find their victims through sound, much like T-Rex. Uh, usually, well, like the reverse <laughs> T-Rex, and that they can all do it by sight. Uh, usually the screams of their victims. <laughs> Taking refuge in a deserted cathedral, a small group of people must find a way to escape from the creatures. Love that synopsis as well. Right, this movie is fucking entertaining AF. Like, this one to me is the epitome of... I can see why someone would want to fling the kind of title Evil Dead in here, because this one to me is to what the first movie as Evil Dead 2 is to Evil Dead. Sure. Um, uh, it's it's that, so weird because I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, they, they just got this as the sequel. We can go a bit more crazy, including just completely rewriting the beginning of this movie. Complete, and it looks like they used the same cast. Looks like they used yeah. the same Templars. <laughs> like, right, I know we shot this scene before, but this time, instead of the girl we brought in last time, you're going to bring in a different one. Uh, this time, you're going to you're going to get a breast shot, which we didn't do in the previous movie because we we're still trying to be a right. bit tasteful. Uh, we'll get the titty out this time, and um, yeah, we're all just going to feed on her after he stabs her, and the townspeople are going to be a bit more aggressive this time, and. Uh, crows won't pick out your eyes instead we will blind them with fire 
Yeah. And I'm I'm watching this going. Yes. <laughs> so like, if, if this is a previously on, this feels weird. Um, and then we kind of that this story is more a uh, they're going to make siege to the village sort of thing. So and I can kind of live with that. Once again, we have our our kind of foreign tourists are, have arrived at this small rural Portuguese village and everyone in this village see the previous movie Ricky only the train driver was aware, was aware of the curse <laughs> in this movie the whole town celebrates it yeah, it's like yeah. It's 500 years yeah. since we got 500 years since we burned to death um, and blinded <laughs> these vicious fucking Knights Templar let's it's have a, a celebration. celebration we killed some people alright <laughs> woohoo um, so, so yeah oh my god but the thing about the movie that I kind of love is that they're all like, yeah, we're going to celebrate, except this one historian in the town that's like that. Legend says that 500 years later they will return. And that's a very specific date to that. And why, why are the town who are so savvy with their history disregarding this bit? You know what I mean? You think they would yeah, be like, they would, this? Yeah, if you believe that they did that, then maybe believe that they're coming back. Um... Yeah, I would love to spend ages on this one, but truth be told, there's a whole lot less to talk about this movie. Um, but at the same time, it's it's yeah. its own unique little movie, and that I think the I think the director is having a lot more fun with it this time. He's like, I've done my serious yeah. genre piece where let's let's expand it out. Wouldn't it be fun to see them attack a town? Um, and we'll just rewrite the beginning because who cares we can do that we've done it with god knows I've watched Hammer movies I've seen them rewrite the start of you know Hammer movies about 20 times by this point so who cares um, and yeah so the, the whole premise is that it's all shot over one night Yeah. and this one siege night is the night of the 500th celebration Um of the you know of the killing of these Templar Knights who all come back and all lay waste to the town. Uh, I think on this one I want to focus on, instead of scene by scene, because uh, there's a lot of nonsense in this movie. Uh, yeah, let's really just, is. <laughs> yeah, let's just focus on what we really like about this movie, and if that trips in the scenes, <laughs> that's awesome. If it doesn't, then so be it. Uh, what, what, do, what do you particularly like um, about I, uh, Return to the Blind? I like the, whole, I like the whole Jaws mentality in this thing, like the townspeople in, in Jaws, where it's basically... Like you said, just ignoring the fact of, you know, hey, we're having this party regardless. We don't yeah. care if the dead are coming back and killing everybody. We got a party to put together. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's just like, and you just kind of hit it while I go. It's like, well, yeah, if you know the legend and you know this is part of the history, then shouldn't you be aware of this? No, nope, we're going to party. Matter of fact, we're going to get an, uh, an American guy to come in and do some fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> If anyone knows pyro, Ricky. If anyone knows pyro, pyro and explosions is an American. That's that. That's that horrible typecasting that I was talking about in the previous review. Not all Americans are great with fireworks. I've seen videos where people lose fingers. Absolutely, yeah, happens on a daily basis around here, rally on. What I love as well is the band only know one song. <laughs> yeah, which they play for the majority of this movie. Hey, and during the big fight scene, let's just have a drum solo. Yeah. <laughs> wearing them out. <laughs> a drum solo where the drummer is doing like a, a couple of rim shot things. 
but the drum track is the jazz drummer from the first movie. Right, it's, it's right. like it's the put animal the behind the kit. It's just yeah. like, durr, 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 durr. <laughs> like you're a drummer, Ricky. You must appreciate this. That drummer is like, not doing it? what we're hearing. Right. I mean, did, did did they bring in Neil Pert for this or? <laughs> Because I don't see any drumsticks hitting anything here. I just see some colored drum heads. But it's the like drumstick, <laughs> the drumsticks are being wielded in the same way that those swords were at the sacrifice of the previous movie, hitting nothing, oh. hitting <laughs> nothing at all. Yeah. So but like, I will. No, it is like you've got the the whole Brody Mayor conversation about right. you know this is what what you're doing. It's like no, this is holiday season. We can't do Fourth of July. Fourth of July. <laughs> and you've got this this weird love what is it love, it's not a triangle love rectangle yep. in this movie between the mayor and his main henchman and the american dude and and the the chick that let's just be honest i, I don't see the appeal <laughs> i just don't i'm like that's who they're fighting over because yeah. she almost looks like a dude <laughs> yeah, yeah she's she's yeah I, I, I don't i don't know i i just want to say it's a small tim and she must have skills. Is... That's all I can say. Yeah. So. <laughs> a special set of skills. Yeah. I think she can pick locks. <laughs> oh, oh my god. It's, it's about watching this movie though that um, instantly, instantly I'm like, wait one second here. Is that by some chance when they mention the character of Howard, is that one chance? Is that Frank Branagh? <laughs> is that PC's very own Frank Branagh? <laughs> Is that Slugs Frank Branagh? Yes, it is. Welcome Got to it. the movie Frank Branagh. And he plays exactly the same role as he does in both those movies. Same character. Yep. Same character. <laughs> same, same, same dubbing as well. So whoever dubbed his voice uh, was the same guy. Must have been through most of his career. <laughs> Travelling dubber. Yeah, he's like that. I only work with this man. You know, like how stuntmen acquire certain actors. Uh, the, the guy who did his English dubbing is like that. Yeah, I will work with him from now on. He is, he is the man I will work with. Yeah, he makes an appearance. Oh, Actually, there are quite, quite a few people here. Tony Kendall, obviously, is, is yep. a name mm-hmm. which is synonymous with, you know, kind of genre cinema of, of the, the era. You know, like has a, a, done many, many movies. Um, right. And uh, Jose Canal, uh, whose name I struggle to pronounce, is another one that I recognise from maybe some of the Django movies so yep. so, so they, you know they're, they're certainly they're, they're, they've got a, they've got maybe more established names in this movie but that doesn't necessarily mean that the acting's better absolutely this this is a sequel so you know the, the curse of the making the sequel you're going to get less money and try to crank out more and it's uh, yeah that that's one of the things that hurts us because I, I, and you said it too I, I busted out laughing <laughs> <laughs> when the blonde chick's in the room with, I, I guess this is Pedro again. It's like he resurrected from the first movie <laughs> and he basically <laughs> yeah. attacked her in the room, you know? And that's one thing I'll say about in both of these movies and these Spanish people, they just want to get it on. I mean, they don't care yeah. about anything else. Oh, but zombies. Yeah. I don't care. Hey, let's spend our last night together right now. He's <laughs> like, well, okay. Yeah. But it's that, the it's same that way we all say that though, don't we? We all you're all in that position where, like, you know, if I had, what man. would you do if you had one night left? And I want to make love to a beautiful woman. Um, and in this movie, they just that's what they do. So they don't talk about it either. They're just like, you think uh. I'm thinking, bounce chicken, wow, wow. Well, actually, it's more of a rape scene when he first breaks in there, and she's like, no, and he's just like ripped his shirt off and stuff. It's like, okay, go ahead. It's, qu- it's questionable actually how quickly that turns. Yeah. I'm just going to put that into yeah. lack of. But, 
social awareness. <laughs> but all of that gets wiped out of your mind because of the incredibly ludicrous <laughs> knocking at the door. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch that. I want a loop of that scene because you got you got one of our blind dead guys oh, with man. a sword in his hand and he's taking the butt end of the sword and banging on the door and it looks so ridiculous. But it's just like boom, boom, boom. And he just keeps going. Somebody's at the door. Who is it? They're not going to answer. He just keeps banging on the door. And all the other knights are just standing there going, "Okay." Yeah, it's like look at the knights are looking at their watch, going. You thought they would have opened the door by now. How many knocks is impolite? Is it four or five? I'm not sure, Steve. Just, Try again. Just, bang, bang, bang. He just keeps wailing on it. Too. And it's not even like a fast knock. It's just like, gonk. Gonk. <laughs> gonk. <laughs> oh, man. It's oh, there's a, there's a scene in this movie where... A guy takes a kid outside in harm's way. Knowing fine well that kids can't be quiet as almost like operation, you know, operation distraction. Yeah, go over there, kid. Make some noise. Um, right. It's so, so funny. Like, such a sleazy um, character. Uh, and, uh, and as well yeah. as that, this is when they play into... So they're changing the mythology again slightly in this one and that in the previous one, the the blind dead even though they were blind were spatially aware they knew where people were not just purely by noise they just kind of knew like it would attract them obviously but it wasn't the the crux in which they could catch people in this movie it is everything they are like a t-rex minus the vision and on the hearing well uh, hold on let's, let's, let's back up just a little bit because there is a scene in the first movie when right before the, the main guy dies he tells the girl don't make any sound and you can get yeah. escape. Yeah. He does right, say that. Yeah, they, they but build it's not to the that. level of this. Yeah. yeah. They, they, build, they build on that. So there's one of the ideas that they have in that first movie that they take and then just, like, this is, this is the crux of our movie. Which you can totally <laughs> do because in the case of this one, in the previous movie, it was a bit more difficult with one character or maybe two right. characters coming across them. In the case of this one, it's a celebration. It's a town full of people. We can go nuts. Um, which is what they yeah. do. Uh, I will say this about the movie: the design's slightly different of the the, the zombies, but not too different. Um, which is quite interesting, considering it's only a year. And between right. the movies, you would imagine it would just be uh, for continuity's sake. It would be just easy just to do that again. Um, which is why the opening scene ostensibly happens in exactly the same room with exactly the same cast, almost. Right. Um, but yeah, the the, the, the the nights are a bit gnarlier, I think, in this one, but not in a bad way. I think they're pretty cool. Um, and we we have a, like a reveal earlier on, which I, I love is this idea of the you know the, the wee man who believes in the curse sitting with a woman. And uh, I know we're jumping all over the place, but it really is the best way to review this movie. And she's like, <laughs> yes, you know, maybe they've come back. And the guy's like, oh, don't, they're just, it's just, a, I'm just, I was just joking. It's just a curse or whatever. And she goes across to lift the, the the blanket or the hood from the horse yeah exactly and she obviously sees that it's you know it too has been blinded uh, and yeah. she's like oh my god and she runs back and the guy's like oh, all this time I thought it was just a cushion I was like no 20 minutes ago you were in a town saying to people let's not like maybe we shouldn't do this because there's a curse you just tell me that was an act and now you believe I, I think so what funny. really happened I think what really happened is the first movie came out and people asked the director, hey, uh, yeah, so they're riding horses, right? 
Yeah. Uh, what about those horses? Are they dead? He's like, oh, crap. I forgot. <laughs> so in the second movie, yeah, they're dead. Here's here's the expl- explanation. <laughs> yep. Here, here is some dead horses. Um, so yeah, I think that scene's pretty cool as well. I think yeah. we end up very similar to the previous movie. We end up with people fighting. Um each other and not against the zombies and that's how the zombies yep. will always win ladies and gents when man yep. turns on man the zombies have already won yep. um, but we do we get a great scene with what's his face from uh, what well, I like to say bad Frank Drebin uh, from PCs starts <laughs> like a like a, like a showdown with the with, with the dude who clearly has won the heart of the young lady um, oh, is, is it his wife it's his wife isn't it are they married I don't, I don't... I don't, I don't know. I, do I, I don't maybe. think they are, I think are they? they I think she's, she's, she's young, free, single, and ready to mingle. Um, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, essentially the the kingdom of the spiders is the end of this movie and that they just basically wait them out till the sun comes right. up and that stops yep. them. Uh, and... Which is a weird scene too, because even dude, it's, it's like maybe I don't know. There's no time concept in this movie, but you are looking for the sun coming. It's like well, the legend says that when the sun rises, they'll be gone, but they're still out there. Well, dude, it's four o'clock in the morning. How hard yeah. is it going to be to sit here and wait another twenty minutes? All right, not That's a big it. accomplishment. Yeah, it's like <laughs> what things that they do that change from this movie as well is that. Um, between the two movies is previously the knights would attack but would know when the sun was rising would return to the crypts and this one they just remain in the town yeah and it's like that's an that's an interesting concept because everyone that has survived your attack now has access to your body um, which you might not want you might find that you end up in a cement block somewhere unable to get (laughs) back out but then is it that they only come out this one night every 500 years and if that is the case maybe that they don't know themselves they have to return so it's never really right kind of it's never really laid out i don't think it needs to be this is me probably just being overtly mean to a movie which is having a whole hell of a lot of fun but in classic kind of in classic that's how we're ending this movie uh, <laughs> magic the 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 young girl and our couple basically walk off into the sunset all kind of yeah. happy it is obviously two steps away from one of them like jumping up and doing one of those heel kicks and it's stopping on that (laughs) and then the credits roll it is like the happiest happy ending to a movie ever which is such a weird ending I will say this movie is not as atmospheric although there are some really really cool short scenes I think the cinematography is not great but it doesn't have the wide open spaces of the previous movie to work with Um. This one's clearly more violent, um, yeah. and we, along gone, are are shying away from blood. The blood's a bit more prominent in here, as well as the yeah. booby, uh, which they do right at the beginning, so you know straight away this movie's different. Um, That's right. The scoring of this movie as well, I think, whilst not as good as the first movie, I like the theme to the movie, the central mm-hmm. score, not the repeat generic Spanish festival music that plays throughout the middle um <laughs> Dacton is marginally better but it's not great um the case of this one I watched English dub uh, that Blue Underground put out it's the Blue Underground's the version I got um mm-hmm. and it's it's actually surprisingly good uh, so which makes me think this one was properly dubbed and the previous movie was maybe dubbed after the fact 
I want to see. Yeah, there is some. There is some weird dubbing in it because when when they first meet the mayor and all of his group, it's almost like all that audio was recorded in a tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> it's got this, this weird sound to it. It's like, but really, it's it's one guy's voice over the rest of them. It's like, why does he sound so different than everybody else? But you know, it's just something that stood out to me. But also, I want to bring up the fact of I can't remember which character it is, but when they're going outside and trying to get in, in dude's jeep or truck, whatever it is. And dude leans back on the hood of the car, and then one of the blind dead chops his hand off because he's got his hand up on the hood. I'm like, how how unlucky or how dumb do you have to be to let a blind dude with a sword be able to cut your hand off? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pressing your luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, what do you think? Like, cause, like obviously, if you're talking about the movie overall, just not even scenes. Does the, as a second movie? coming off such a serious first movie as well, does the change in tone work in the same way that the change of tone works in other movie franchises? And furthermore, second question, two-part question, um, what's your overall feeling on the movie then? You know what? I think it does work. Uh, again, when you compare it to Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, this movie is the same thing. It's basically a retelling of the first movie or the concept of the first movie and just taking it to a do- totally different place. Um, I think, obviously, the the blind dead are, are, are more dangerous. They're 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 bad. They're real bad. <laughs> yeah. I think they're more fun. Um, I d- I think there's too much. Even though I think they look a little more grimacing. I think they're lacking something too because they started adding their hands sticking out like when they're coming at you and they got the fake hand yeah. sticking out. Those get a little, you know, a little wanky at times because wanky. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nice, nice. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you get too much of the of the blind dead coming at you with their hands out like, you know, like, I don't know. You can just tell they're just holding fake hands out in front of them. Mm-hmm. That kind of hurts those characters a little bit. Uh, but I think it's it's... It's a lot more fun than the first movie. Yeah. The pacing moves quite quite a bit faster. Plus, you got the craziness between the mayor calling the governor, and then you got the just the whack out oh, governor. That's, that's, we never talked about that. It's fucking hilarious. It's like maybe one fantastic. of my favorite scenes. It evokes like um, Return of the Living Dead. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which clearly they have taken that from this uh, in a way yeah. which made me smile so much. Like all these bad things. Yeah. Sure they are. Yeah. Totally. Not a problem. Right. You have a good party now. Bye. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> and I think that's the charm of this one. And I think that the weird little soap opera, you know, with, between the, the three guys and the chick and the, the mayor being so bad that he uses the little girl for bait outside. And mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of really cool scenes in this movie. The thing that doesn't make any sense is this spend, I don't know, 45 minutes of this movie between this mongoloid and this hot blonde chick digging a hole. Yeah. And, and and just get to the end of it, and <laughs> all that was for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. It's, yeah, it's a weird sub story in here which bears no fruit at all and doesn't really make sense. <laughs> yeah, it's like they had this idea. It's like, oh, wait a minute, we forgot to do anything with those folks. Oh, just just have them die right there. That'll be fine. <laughs> it's like what? It's the, the uh, Fulci approach to making movies. Well, we don't we exactly. don't have a bit for this. Have them run at a shattering screen. Yeah, that's all you need. 
that's it. I don't know. I, I think this is it's a lot of fun. I, I I enjoy watching it. I don't like it as well as the first one, but it's a totally different movie, and I have to look at it that way. Yep, I totally agree. Actually, like so coming into this one, I was I was like, well, you know, let's see how the second movie holds up because I remember, like distinctly remember really enjoying the second movie, not being as keen on the first movie. Come and watch the first movie, loved it. And I was like that, well, maybe returning the blind date. And I remembered it being tonally different. I remember it being I'd remembered it being a bit goofier. Um yeah. but then when I watched it, I had like I was I was entertained a lot more and I, yeah, I did have an absolute ball with it. Um yeah. I did laugh a lot while watching it. Some of it is downright ludicrous. Yeah. And I can get behind that. That being said, we talked about those change in in tastes of watching movies. The stuff that I really liked about it first time round, it kind of held it down a little bit. I I, I just feel mm. that as a developed story, the first movie is just better told. I think yeah. like you, we, we've, we've pointed out, there are certain bits in this movie that don't go anywhere. There are certain like setups which kind of feel kind of playful but unnecessary, um, and the by changing the mythology slightly in a way which I think in a lot of respects actually makes a lot more sense than the first movie um, they, they don't yeah. treat it with the same respect as they do the first movie because like, yeah. if the conceit is in the first movie if you're in this monastery uh, monastery area and you make noise it will resurrect the blind dead I imagine that would have happened quite a lot you know even if sure. the locals are, you know, like, people are going to be out there quite a lot which means, like, I like this idea of once every five hundred years they're going to return and lay siege to the town. It's like it's like watching the fog. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right. It's it's that idea, and I, I I think that as a concept works a whole lot better. The sure. downside is they don't treat it with the same the same authenticity as they treat the first movies. Once right. so I, right. I'm left scratching my head as to so what is the deal? Can they only attack if they hear noise? If that's the case, why did they chop that guy's hand off? Um, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, it that, leaves that, that's some... the thing. It got me. He just uses. He, he don't even use his hand. It's just hanging off the side there. It's like how does how does a blind dude know that his hand's right there? I mean, is he just taking the stab in the dark? Whack whack. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's it, it just it, like there's bits like that that just I was like, well, you wouldn't have got that in the first movie, and it's maybe because the first movie doesn't feel the need to give so much of the mythology in modern time. Right. Right. Um, whereas right. the second movie feels the need to explain that. It's like you said, the yeah. previous movie almost feels like people had said to the director in the previous movie, "Well, are the horses dead? And why did they come back every night?" How's like, he's like, right? I'll re- I-, I could tighten this up. I'll tighten this up. Um, yep. And as a result, I'm gonna give I'm yeah. going to give them longer arms and swords. I mean, yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah, weird choices, weird choices. And as a result, it, I still had a ball watching it. And I, like I say, I laughed oh, yeah. last night when watching this one um, and just got into it. It's a total popcorn horror movie for me. It's, it's just as much fun as sitting down watching some of those Italian zombie movies we talked about before. Sure. Where it's like Burial Ground or something like that. It's ludicrous over the top in a way that I can kind of get behind. Um, what about the that, what about the big battle scene like when they're having the celebration and and all the the dead show up and all the townspeople get together and all they can round up is like medieval style pitchforks that are just made yeah. out of wood. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, is this <laughs> this modern time? Is this the 70s or when is this? Because you're shooting fireworks, you've got all this nice stuff, and 
your weapons of choice are old pitchforks from, I don't know, 500 years ago. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> weird. it's, a, it's a weird stylistic choice. And why, I love why, like, while this is happening, everyone's just standing in a semicircle on the outside. No one's <laughs> yeah. running to get help. Yeah. Know, there must be yeah. cars or vehicles there. Like maybe a train that moves two miles an hour. There must be things <laughs> there, you know what I mean? To get out the yeah. town. The town is not completely surrounded. And it's a weird conceit yeah. about this that people That's the other thing too. Yeah, let's get in our car and just drive to the church. Now, how about if you just drive out of town? Yeah, well, <laughs> just keep driving. Like, drive far away. Remember the prophecy. They come back and wreak havoc on this town. If you're not in the town, you should be safe. As it's, as w- there's weird things in the movie that doesn't... To me, like I say, it's like they explain some things, and by explaining some things, they take their eye off off other things and make little inconsistencies that I, 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 I feel that I focus on, even though I'm having fun. Um... In terms of well, the grade for, I was going. Oh, you got something to say? I was going to say that it's just as ridiculous as we're going to take a little girl who's been out here exposed to all these creatures, actually pinned to the wall so she can't move. <laughs> but when we leave, we're going to blindfold her. Yeah. For what? She's yeah. already seen these things. <laughs> yeah, it's too late. At that point, it's too late. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> she's scarred for life. Um, like someone has a very expensive psychiatry bill, ten years down the line. <laughs> Like she is, she is sitting down. Like the the, the undead, the undead. And the, the psychiatrist is writing. It. And Ron Jeremy friend? took me out on the street, and, <laughs> and all these blind dead come up and attack me. <laughs> Not quite Ron Jeremy. Uh, took me out in the street. Um, yeah. So in terms of the great to this one, I, I mean it's it's a three point five. I think I I, I was going to say three. I'm going to give it a 3.5 because there are issues in this movie. But yeah. on entertainment value, it gets a bump for me. I don't think it gets the four of the previous movie because I think the previous movie is just more aligned with my taste now. Uh, but yeah, you'd be hard-pressed not, not to have a ball watching Return of the... Return of the Blind Dead for me is the sort of movie that yeah. would make a great commentary. Like if you were doing oh, like, yes. a, like, a, like a fun drunk commentary... Return of the Blind Dead is one of those movies that easily slips in there because there's enough to put fun about. There's enough to say this is bitch and rad. Look at that scene. Um, so there's enough in there to be entertained and watch and just have a laugh and enjoy it. I think it's an enjoyable movie. It's just not as good as the previous one. Uh, yep. Ricky, what's your grade for Return of the Blind Dead? I'm just going to give it a three, man. I, 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 I like it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I'm this I'm this kind of guy. This is this is my problem. Like, there's no way these people would fight that long after that woman. <laughs> <laughs> now, if it'd been the blonde they were fighting over, I'd be like, okay, this makes sense. But I'm sorry, I just don't I don't see it. I don't see all the the hoopla with her when you got dead people outside trying to eat you. You know. <laughs> so for that, it gets a three. <laughs> very nice, sir. Very nice. Now, Ricky Morgan, um, we have run our way nicely through the first two installments of the of the, the, the Blind Dead Quadrology. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two more movies to watch. The The next two will be coming up on a future episode in a couple of weeks' time. Um, and we'll feature a review of part three, which I think I have seen, but I am now doubting myself as of recent times. Um... Once again, uh, Armando de Osorio directs it. This one's dubbed the ghost, the ghostly galleon or the ghost galleon. 
Sure. Yeah, let's 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 do like every movie does and just start naming them stuff that doesn't have anything to do with the first two movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, it also has. A th- I'm just checking there. It has uh, the Blind Dead Three, Horror of the Zombies, and Ship of Zombies. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Uh, and we yeah. will be doing the one that I didn't know anything about, uh, which <laughs> is Night of the Seagulls. <laughs> which yeah. sounds like it could be a, a lost flock of seagulls album. <laughs> And I'm blind, blind from <laughs> night and day. <laughs> oh, well played, sir. Well played. So yeah, so those two installments will be coming up. Uh, those two movies sir, will be coming up on a future installment. Like I say, in a couple of weeks' time, when we will close out this uh, quadrology, this retro looking at this series of movies, I will say this. I'm having an absolute fucking blast uh, running through these. <laughs> Always having a blast with my, my good buddy Ricky. Um, you did shout out some projects at the start. I will give you the opportunity to shout out said projects again. What have you got coming up and what, where can people check them out? Everything's on Legion Podcast. You can check out Hell Ming Power Hour and Short Bus Cinema and the newly coming in 1st of June. Uh, House of Wax. All those are going on and you hear me pop in from time to time on other shows as well, but you know, catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google it. <laughs> Just wherever you listen to stuff, we should be there. And if we're not, tell your mama. We'll get that problem fixed. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir. Well, sir. Until the next time, which we'll see another two movies. I am I am concerned because there doesn't appear to be as much love for the, pre, uh, the last two entries as there is for the first two entries. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but yeah, uh, I, think, I think this is... Uh, this is going to be fun. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Oh, yeah. I, I, I actually foresee Ricky as finishing this and in a couple of months down the line packing another kind of series and doing that as well because I'm having sure. a blast. Uh, yeah, like sounds say, great. I like talking about movies like this with people like you. Uh, right, yeah. uh, I'm going to take my final break of the show. When I come back, I'm closing it out and I'm going to be doing that right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 142, covering the first two movies in the Blind Dead quadrology. We cover Tombs of the Blind Dead and Return of the Blind Dead. Fantastic getting through those two. Two still to come on an upcoming podcast under the stairs episode. Very much looking forward to having Ricky back on. He's a how fucking awesome is Ricky Morgan? How awesome? Too awesome is my answer to you with your non-existent question that I asked myself. Um, yeah, what an awesome guy. Can't wait to cover those final two movies. Like I said at the start of this episode, it's a three-episode podcast under the stairs week. We'll be coming back on Thursday with my review of The Strangers Pray at Night. That's the second Strangers movie with a non-spoiler and spoiler review. And then on Sunday, 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 we're doing Anthropopicus, a.k.a. The Beast, for our 88 Films Italian Collection series of reviews. This is disc number seven. Um, And then a week today, Baz v. Clive Barker, the final Baz v. Horror episode of the summer. The man's going to take a well-deserved rest kick back, relax and spend some quality family time and who can blame him? 
one of being that funny and being that sexy is goddamn hard work. There is a multitude of ways you can check out the podcast under the stairs. As always, I say check us out on Apple Podcasts. Come across, subscribe to the feed. That way you get the episodes as and when they drop and access to the entire back catalogue of podcasts under the stairs content. Leave us a rating and a review. Ratings, the more of them we get, if there were five stars, for example, the higher up the iTunes charts were pushed for people to check out the podcast under the stairs. Also leave us a review. It's your words to listeners' ears as to why they should check it out. Why do you like listening to us? Right there. It takes seconds for you to do. means the world to us and it's the best way to support the podcast. Also, word of mouth. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbours. Tell your loved ones. Tell your enemies. Check out the podcast under the stairs. Tell them that they can also find it on Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, Google Play and the TuneIn app. They can visit our website at tputzcast.com by clicking the merch tab there. They'll be taken to our merch page, which can also be found at tputzcast.bigcartel.com. Visit our fantastic Facebook group page. It's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. That's right, that is right. Ooh, so much sexiness. And the final bit of sexiness is interact with the bads on the twin prongs of social media sexiness. Instagram and Twitter both can be followed at tputzcast. So there we go, one episode down, two left for the week, ladies and gents. I hope you have a fantastic one, I hope your week goes in quickly for you, and if you're at work, your shift finishes early. Wherever you are, whatever the time zone is, and whatever you're up to in this big bad world of ours, it's Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I'm signing off. (laughs) 